Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha Machshava Kabbalah podcast series. If you're enjoying this, please check us out at www.yesodblocks.com where you can subscribe and become part of the growing Yesod Blocks community where you can access all kinds of intensively integrated and holistic content that takes all the Torah concepts that you know and that you've heard and puts them all together in a system so you can understand how they all fit together, how they work, when to apply them, how not to go too far in applying one versus another, uh, and how to basically understand how it all fits together and all works on a very, very deep level and on a superficial practical level. And that's really what this podcast is supposed to serve as a glimpse of that pattern, that dynamic, because here we're looking at the practical halachos of the Torah and then how to live them on a practical level while also accessing the underlying perspectives, perceptions, layers, emotional implications and intellectual implications and experiential implications of all these different halachos. Also check out our album recently released on iTunes and on Amazon called Tikkun Hayasod, using these same Torah principles to battle the dark side of the internet, the world of pornography and sexual desire that is currently uh, washing over the world as a function and result of the massive, massive unleashing of information the internet has provided us, along with its unfortunate dark side, access to many different things that can cause distorted perspectives and uh, relationship distortions. We're continuing a little bit with uh, the halachos of Natilas Yadayim here. We're also going to be moving into a different area of halacha in the same episode because we're going to be linking them together. So I want to just read one halacha from Simon Dalid, uh, which is still a Natila Siadayim halacha, washing the hands in the morning. That is in Seif Yud, in, in uh, halacha number 10. And this is a halacha that actually has thematic connections to an earlier episode, the episode that we did about putting on your right shoe versus your left shoe. And that I would like to generally uh, integrate things as we go into earlier things as well, just so that everybody has a sense of how to think about these things and how all of halacha is not just individual bullet points. Uh, even within the superficial halachic side, the practical side, there is a system on the practical side as well, in addition to the underlying uh, root principles that connect all these things in a holistic framework. So in halacha 10, if you had it says, no tell kli shel mayim biyad yamino, a person should take the, the vessel that they're using. So you have this kli, a vessel that you use to wash your hands. You fill up a cup, a washing cup with water, and you're supposed to hold that washing cup uh, in your right hand while you're filling it up. And then it says, um, then you transfer that cup to your left hand after it's full. That way you can pour the water onto your right hand first. In other words, you're filling it up while holding it in your right hand. And you're also pouring it on your right hand first by transferring it to your left hand. And so this halacha is similar to the halacha of the shoe discussion that you put on your right shoe before your left shoe because we saw that there was this theme that the right side is supposed to always be ahead of the left side. Not that the left side is negated or is bad or is wrong or anything like that, but the left side is a, is a step behind the right side because the right side represents part of the structure of the channeling of Hashem's self, Hashem's consciousness, Hashem's, and Hashem's consciousness is a little bit different from our consciousness in, in that Hashem's consciousness actually is distilled and um, and condensed into the reality that we actually experience. So the, the process of Hashem sharing himself as existence is the is un, is uh, we'll call it categorized within the side of what's called the the right side. We'll, we'll label it now the way we did in that episode as the side of Chesed, and Chesed means to share yourself with someone else, and Hashem is sharing Himself with us. He's releasing His own self into a setting that He constructed, and that He has manifested, 
And so that sharing, that releasing, is what we call the side of the right, the side of chesed. And then in contrast to that, we have the left side, which is the side of gvura, which is the side of restraint, in which Hashem basically tempers his sharing and does his, that sharing with discipline, which is what is required to create some kind of intentional construct. In other words, if I want to share myself with somebody else, I can't just download and transfer everything that I am in one sitting. You have to decide which things to share and how much and what kind of tone and what kind, you know, particular details. You have to have like a disciplined approach to that so that way you can construct the relationship that you want with them as a function of what they are now learning about you and how you're sharing it with them. Otherwise, you can overwhelm them and you can also come across as disingenuous or as self-absorbed because you are not um, uh, accounting for their own reception of what it is that you are sharing. So you have to be disciplined. You have to restrict how you share. You can't just share um, just without any any restrictions, any boundaries. And so the restrictive side is the side of the left, is the side of, that we that we called Gvura in the shoe episode. And the rule of thumb is that the right side should always be a little bit ahead of the left side because the right is primary. In other words, sharing is the primary purpose and goal, and we just need to have the, the tempering of that sharing as a requirement to actually make sure the sharing is effective, which means that the tempering is secondary. In other words, the boundaries and the, and the limits on the sharing are necessary in order to allow the sharing to function, but the sharing itself is the central aspect, the central purpose of the actual, uh, of, the, of, of, of life really, of this entire environment and this context. So that's what's happening here as well. In other words, what the halacha is, is constructing for us is that you should be emphasizing the right side again, that you fill, you, you the right side is in charge of filling the water for the purpose of reactivating your hands and redirecting them towards intentional activity as you wake up. So you fill up the cup w- with the water that is going to be doing that reactivating, uh, having that cup in your right hand, and then you transfer the cup to your left hand to pour the water onto your right hand to again emphasize that the right side is the one that should be activated first and the left side is activated second because it is a secondary component in the process of expressing yourself into the world of sharing yourself of being intentionally activated and manifest in the world so that's the same framework that we had now the reason why we're going to be doing another halacha here is because the next section uh, which is siman hey it's uh, the section of halacha the fifth section in orachayim here so in siman hey there's a whole um it's really a very short section. Uh, it's called Kavanas Habrachos. It means the underlying intent that a person should have when saying a bracha. So uh, this is going to be closely connected. We're going to see how in a second, but let's first develop the, the, the concept here. So we discussed a little bit in earlier episodes. There's this concept of something called a bracha. And a bracha is basically where you make a declaration that you are trying to access Hashem's uh a consciousness of Hashem's self. In other words, you yourself have a certain amount of awareness of Hashem's presence in your own life, in your own mind, in your own in your own personal world. And when you when you make a bracha, you're trying to now expand or or activate further that awareness of Hashem's presence. And so, a classic example: we we say a bracha when we're about to eat a particular food. We say a bracha when we start the day. There's different brachos that we say. There's many different contexts for brachos. When you see a rainbow, when a particular a particularly important event happens to you, you could say a bracha. There's all kinds of different brachos. Each of them are designed to help us tie whatever it is that we're experiencing in the moment to the larger um, presence of Hashem and essentially to link those two things together. Now, of course, uh, in order to do this effectively, you have to have some idea of what Hashem's presence even is. 
you know, that we've been developing that in different episodes along the way here, which is that when you deal with another person, when you look at somebody else, so they are also, their presence is manifest in the same way that Hashem's presence is manifest, in the sense that a person's real self, the part that is the them that is now there, like when somebody walks into a room where you are, and, some, and you're in there and they walk in, so you're not just aware of the body that just walked in, you're aware there's someone there. If it's someone that you know, and it's actually interesting, let's compare, like if a person that you don't know walks Walks in. Let's say someone who you find attractive walks into the room, but you don't know them at all. So then you're actually much more aware of their body and their appearance than you are of their actual self because you don't really know them. Now, let's say you end up marrying them and 20 years later they walk into a room. That appearance might still be there uh, and that will also be something which you notice, but that will be like 1% of the totality of the, the history, the knowledge, the baggage, the awareness, the accumulated memories of them as on the level of self. That is all uh, associated with their presence. In other words, now it's that, that, that self has come into the room again and it's them here now it's that it's that self that energy whatever that unique signature that is their presence is there then there's no real word for that but we experience it constantly all the time and that same um, indescribable purely qualitative phenomenon of another person's presence is also true about Hashem. So if you want to look, if you want to kind of have a have an idea of the direction to look in to find the presence of Hashem, you have to then you have to first uh, categorize or identify within yourself the experience of the presence of another self. And yes, of course, you might say, well, it's easier to access the presence of another self because there's a local body that allows us to do that. But actually, I would argue to you that the body is very much not the main way that we access that presence, and there's a lot of ways to do that that we actually do with each other all the time. Um, so that's something which I, you know, I would actually exhort you to think about that a little bit. Like, do I really access another person's presence through their body? Or in the beginning, you certainly do, because that's the only marker you have. But as you get to know them better over time, you actually access their presence through a whole slew of things, including just your basic memories. Um, and you know, there's so many different different aspects that are much more intangible. The sound of their voice. I mean, there's just there's a, a huge list of things. And the, there's actually a way to replicate that with Hashem, which is the whole point of what the Torah is. It's literally a, an attempt to to create a body. Of, of information about Hashem, the same way that you can accumulate information about another person by getting to know them. And so the more you learn about another person, the more you can actually deepen the, the texture of their presence in your experience. Same thing is true about Hashem. The more you learn about Hashem, which is exactly what this this series and all of Yisod Blocks is about, how to learn about Hashem as a real self, as a real person, as opposed to just, you know, some kind of uh, very distant and actually undeveloped idea. There's just somebody that we call God who's in the sky, and then you just you know, implicitly carry around your own, uh, uh, very often just kind of uh, happenstance perceptions of God that come from our upbringings, the way we, are, we hear people talking about God, uh, which are often, not only are they very shallow and, or immature or undeveloped, but they're actually inaccurate. Like, you know, talking about God as a guy in the sky, which is an implicit assumption many people have about Hashem, is, is not only wrong and also shallow, but it's it's actually it's going to it's going to cause problems because when you have an inaccurate perception about somebody, it's just going to it gets in the way of your relationship with them, right? If you think if you think things about somebody else that are not true, then it just acts as a barrier between you and them, and you can't actually connect to them in any real way. So that's essentially what we're talking about here. So the uh, the idea. So again, going back to the bracha concept. So this this section of halacha is is the underlying intent you're supposed to have when saying a bracha. So. First of all, we have to just, let's just read it and see exactly what it says here. And it says, the first thing it opens with is, perush hamilot. A person should have intent when he's saying the words of a bracha. He should, he should have intent upon the meaning 
of the words. And then it gives you a few examples. Kishayazkir Hashem, when you mention Hashem's name, the four-letter name of Yod and Hey and Vav and Hey, Yichavein Perush Kriyaso, you should you should have the intent uh, of what it of when you're reading it of what it kind of means, which is Ba'adnut Shuadon Hakol. That is that Hashem is is the master of all. We're going to explain what that means in a second. Bichavein Michsivaso, Biyod Hey, Shahayavahovevi, and also in its spelling of the word, uh, the Yod and Hey and Vav and Hey name, so it also means that Hashem was, is, and always will be. Hashem is kind of like omnipresent. So Hashem is the master of all. He's omnipresent. That's what that four-letter name is supposed to signify. And that's, again, we're going to explain that. And then he says, Uvahazkiro Elokim, when you say the other name of Hashem in the bracha, the word Elokim, shu takif You should have the intent that Hashem is uh, strong and, and utterly capable and is the source of all forces in existence. And so we have these two different names, the Yudke Vavke name and the name Elohim. And you're supposed to, first of all, the halacha here is that you should have those meanings in mind when you are saying these words. Now, let's first unpack the idea of having different intent when saying different words. This is actually a central concept in any area of halacha where you have to say things. You're supposed to have underlying intent. Now, this is often difficult for people uh, because we say, well, we're very used to saying these things. We say them almost mindlessly, and we say them out of habit, which is how habituation works. That is das tovara. In other words, the das tovara dynamic of the eitz das, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, means that the more you say certain things, the more comfortable you get into them, the less they are visible to you on your perceptual landscape, because they basically fall into what we call the realm of habit. They become just comfortable, easy things to do by rote, and then they basically go underneath the surface, and you no longer access them in a conscious way. Now, that's something which is possible in certain settings. When you have a conversation with somebody, let's say, let's look at what I'm doing right now. I'm speaking words. Now, imagine if I was speaking these words mindlessly. I mean, no one ever does that. Who speaks words mindlessly? It's it's like it's just like making weird sounds and just just saying things that 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 just you know saying words without any underlying intent. We never do that. And the way that I'm actually able to speak is that I have thoughts and I have a cascade of thoughts that are all connecting and interacting with each other and and they're pouring forth and then I'm trying to choose out of my thoughts the words that will express the thought and then I listen to my own words as well in, in a reflective process which then gives feedback so I can actually think about what it is that I'm thinking based on what it is that I'm saying so I can actually think through what I'm thinking by speaking it out loud and then the words themselves create further thoughts, create further cascades of thoughts that are now interconnected and in terms of their meaning with what it is that I'm saying. So think about that for a second, right? Like what does that mean? That means that when you speak certain words, it's intrinsically the case that those words are supposed to trigger associated thoughts inside of your mind. So if you were speaking those words with, and you actually had some some associations of thoughts with them, so then the words would trigger those thoughts. So let's just give an example. What did I say a, a couple minutes ago? I mentioned how we often have very primitive or immature perceptions and ideas about God. So here we have the words of the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, like Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, and the two words that Shulchan Aruch mentioned here were the, the name Yod and Hei and Vav and Hei, the word Hashem word, and then the word Elokeinu, and he basically was like, you're supposed to think certain things. Well, what if you don't know a lot about Hashem? What if you don't have a lot of knowledge about Hashem? What if you don't know Hashem? Essentially, that's the equivalent of not knowing Hashem that well. So then when you say those words, 
So then you're not going to have a corresponding cascade of thoughts because you don't have information that's going to parallel that, and then it simply will not create that cascade. But what if you do know a lot about Hashem? What if you've been listening to this podcast? What if you've been learning a lot of Gemara, a lot of Torah, in terms of specifically these issues? Obviously, learning a lot of Gemara is a great thing to do, and the problem is the Gemara is not just a monolithic work. It's actually filled with different ideas and different topics and different areas. And so if you're learning a lot of Halachic Gemara, that's great because you're now going to know a lot about the process of how we reached the conclusion of which Halachic to practice and how to practice them, it's not going to help you very much if you want to actually understand the underlying framework of how to connect halacha to Hashem. So that's a, that's a pretty big problem. So you have to actually learn the Gemaras about Hashem, learn the Gemaras about the underlying mechanics of how Hashem intersects with existence and how you yourself also intersect with existence as an intangible soul, as a neshama in the world. So these are things that you could learn. That's actually what Yesod Blocks is about, right? That's like that's literally the whole the whole goal of this of the series and, and of the website in general. All of Yesod Blocks is about trying to help people to make those connections, and then you don't get bored during tefillah. You don't start feeling like you're just being habituated in the things that you're saying because you're actually able to access knowledge that you have. Just like if you have a conversation with someone that you love where there's an accumulation of information and knowledge about them, the things that you say to them are a function of that. You don't just randomly spew things at each other. You have actual discussions based on your history and your knowledge of yourself and the other person. And so that's what we're talking about here. When the Shulchan Aruch writes that you should have this intent when saying these names, so he's working with the assumption that you are learning the things that we are teaching in this series and in the in the Torah in general, because that's the underlying assumption is that you're going to be able to actually have kavana, to actually have the cascade of thoughts as a function of the words that you are saying. So that's a, that's the whole point here. Now, uh, we're going to go deeper into this a, in a little bit further as we go into some, you know, into later halachos. But I just want to just reconnect this back to our original halacha about the washing of the hands, and that is that here these two names, the the yud and hay and vav and hay name, and the name Elohim, so they actually represent the same right and left side dynamic that we mentioned earlier. So we mentioned chesed and gvura as like two pieces of the puzzle of how Hashem shares Himself into existence, and then we have these names, the four-letter name of Hashem, that Hashem is the master of all, and that Hashem is He's omnipresent, he, he was, is, and always will be, those actually represent the right side of the, the name, the, the, the names of Hashem are also part of their, their terms that describe some of these 10 layers or 10 ingredients or 10 filters that Hashem uses to manifest himself in existence. So what I mean by that, as we mentioned in earlier episodes, that there are these 10 different filters that Hashem uses to share himself. Each one actually has a corresponding name of Hashem that correlates with, with one of those 10 filters. So we're going to sort of, with broad strokes right now, just mention that this name, the four-letter name of Hashem, that he's the master of all, that he was, is, and always will be, is the name of Hashem that signifies that Hashem is the totality of existence. In other words, that Hashem is all-being, and he is manifest as all-being, and that's the side of the right. It's the side of Hashem sharing himself, the side of Hashem being one with existence. It's what's called the side of rachamim, which is often translated as mercy, but it comes from the word rechem, which means womb. And it's you can think of it as the side of wombness, because what a womb is, is where the mother actually contained the child within her own self, within her own body. And Hashem, from the side of this name, the four-letter name, is Hashem basically being the container of all being, and everything is within Hashem, and is part of Hashem. And from that perspective, there are no boundaries, there are no separations. It's all Hashem, and you are a part of that larger truth, and subsumed within it. And so you are safely ensconced in the womb 
of Hashem, and so which is Hashem's you know Hashem's essence, and so that name represents that side of things because it's the the side of of sharing, side of love really, and the side of of togetherness, and so that's a very important side, as we mentioned in the Shu episode. That is the side of Chesed. It's the side of the left in the political world, the side of sharing that we're all one people. We're all there's no borders, there's no boundaries. There, everything should be shared. There's no individuality from that perspective. When Hashem is the master of all, when He was, is, and always will be, then all is Hashem, and nothing is outside of that, and we're all just kind of, you know, awash, we're, we're, we're dissolved in the oneness of Hashem. There is no separate existence. And that is a side that when you take it to its extreme, without any of the uh, of the Gvura side, the left side, uh, the, the other side, so then there is no separate existence. There is no way for us to operate as individual beings because we're essentially dissolved in that in that oneness. And then the other name, the name Elohim, represents that Hashem is Baal HaKochos Kulam. He is the, the source and master of all set, of all independent forces in existence. In other words, there's a multiplicity and diversity of forces in existence, and they're all rooted in Hashem, including your own forces. You have the force to move your hand, the force to think your thoughts, you have the ability to walk around, the ability to exercise your will. These are all forces that are part of existence, and Hashem Hashem is the source of all of them. So the name Elohim represents Hashem's capacity for, for pluralism. That's why the name itself is actually a plural name. Elohim means forces. And so just like the word El means a force. So the, the idea of that name is that there is that is the concept of otherness, of separation. That's why that name is used in the story of the creation of the world, that Hashem, uh, Elohim is used as the, as the set of tools that Hashem uses to essentially create and manifest existence. And so that name represents Hashem as able to operate as an other, as separate, as he's even a character, he can be a character in the story, in the Chumash. He can operate as a separate being, and we are separate from him. And from that perspective, so Hashem is basically, you know, there's a world of multiplicity and diversity. That is the world of otherness, the world of borders, the world of boundaries, the world of the ideological right in the world of politics, which is the world of separation and boundaries and borders, because without boundaries and borders, so then uh, there is no room for anyone to actually actualize and become. And so these are the two the same two sides that we saw earlier, and that are also represented in the washing of the hands, and we're going to explore these more a little more deeply as we go further into these halachos, but just to start off, this this section of halacha, this siman hey, is really about, uh, it's really about saying brachos, which we're going to expand in the next episode a little bit more but in terms of the the two sides the right and the left and how it connects to the hand washing this is the underlying framework at work again and we're going to keep seeing it as it plays out from different angles and hopefully seeing it from these different angles and different facets of it in, at those different angles will start to really uh, acclimate you to to seeing it everywhere and seeing how this is actually the total way to look at the world with all of its profound nuance and depth and and, and precision that is what allows us to operate in deep alignment with the world and, and with Hashem in the world so hopefully that was helpful and thanks again for listening please leave a positive review if you're enjoying this as it really helps us get more traction in the podcast series and check out yoursoulblocks.com again if you want to subscribe and join us that would also be incredibly supportive for what it is that we are trying to do in the world and to create here and thanks for joining again and looking forward to having you join me in the next episode